1: We are back after a brief Christmas-related hiatus on the Anonymous Eagle Podcast. My name is Patrick Leary. I'm joined, as always, by Sam Newberry. Sam, do you know what your New Year's resolutions are going to be yet? Putting me on the spot here.
0: Putting me on the spot. uh, Eat a little bit healthier, Okay. um, because I've been finally going to a gym, um, but eat eat a little bit healthier to complement that, and then um, I've missed a couple Marquette games at this over the, yeah, the don't, holiday break. Don't miss any more Marquette so games. So, don't miss any more Marquette games. That's fair, yeah. Although, I think I'm missing one in a couple of weeks, so I think I'm going to break that resolution pretty quick.
1: Oh, no. Which one are you missing?
0: I'm missing the uh, the home against Providence game. Oh, okay.
1: Your favorite team. You're going to
0: well, miss it. I'm going your... to be out of town. Your boys,
1: your boys from Providence, who you convinced me non stop how good they were going to be this Shut year. Shut <laughs> So, I'm going to be out of town that week. Oh, okay. But That's other than that, way. um,. He'll be back for uh, for the Marquette Day showdown, I assume, oh, in, of a course. couple weeks after that. Yeah, no, no I'm just I'm just gone for the weekend. That'll be a good time. All right, anyway, folks, uh, it's been two weeks uh, since we last uh, caught up and chatted about Marquette basketball. Um, in the interim since then, uh, Marquette had a stunningly amazing victory against Buffalo um, a few days before Christmas uh, and then a less stunningly but still fairly amazing victory against Southern Um, uh, on Friday uh, of this past week. Um, We should start off by getting into um, just a brief conversation about those two games. Um, The Buffalo one, we're fairly removed from it, Um, but I can say with pretty strong confidence that that is one of the most impressive wins of the Steve Wojciechowski era. Um, Mostly, probably, entirely uh, based on uh, Marcus Howard's second half. Which was one of the more ridiculous things um, I've ever watched Marquette basketball accomplish. Yeah, that's Um, an exaggeration.
0: No, it's not. I think that. um, I mean, so I'm looking at a stat line here. The
1: 51% usage rate is freaking
0: amazing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I love that so much. So he was, he was only three of 12 from two. Yeah. Right. But, I, I pulled that up. I was like, "That's an impossible." But he was nine of thirteen from three, twelve of twelve from the free throw line. At one point, scored what was it? Twenty four straight. Twenty four straight points yep. for Marquette. Um, just that was wh- the
1: Marcus's arcane game. I mean, it's just like if there was any doubt that Marquette needed, well, or as I as I uh, so creatively uh, proposed on Twitter, Mark with a K, Ket uh, needed. Uh, any confirmation that Marcus Howard controls the destiny of this uh, university's basketball program. uh, That was the game that really showed, because, I mean, that was a, I watched a lot of the first, so I was watching on a plane, and I had somewhat sketchy plane Wi-Fi, as plane Wi-Fi is known to be. And so I caught a lot of the first half, and then my Wi-Fi started crapping out on me during Marcus's heat check in the second half. But what what I can say about that first half is it was a um, toe-to-toe uh, battle of legit Division 1 basketball teams. And so for that first half to be as like, wow, this is really competitive and really good game and Buffalo is really good, for those to be my takeaways for the first half and then to have Marquette win by 18 and, and hang 103 on this team that looked like they were pretty good defensively for a half um, is just a testament to how... Just disgusting, Marcus was in that second half. And I don't think, I mean, I don't, you can't really say anything that hasn't already been said because, I mean, he got all of the national accolades for that. But 40 points in a collegiate basketball second half is, I mean, that's not of this earth. That is, that's, it's, it's, you can't really emphasize enough how ridiculous that is. You don't see that. No one does that. No one does. No one scores forty points in a second half in the NBA unless you're like Kobe Bryant, like taking all yeah. the shots. Like it's, let's is that a dated reference now? Are Kobe are Kobe ball hog references dated? But uh, like James Harden now is like the probably James Harden. Yeah, like for the for the people that, gosh, are there people that don't appreciate how amazing Kobe was listening to this podcast?
0: We'll talk about his basketball skills being yeah. amazing. We'll this is we'll the, leave the rest. The, of mar- the, the, mar-
1: the anonymous eagle NBA podcast will be back after this. Um, But, uh, yeah, I don't think it's quite uh, possible uh, to uh, hyperbolize um, more than hasn't already been said about Marcus Howard. Um, What I will say, I guess, is probably the most interesting beyond just Marcus uh, doing the Elmo fire gif um, for the second half uh, part of that game. Yeah, exactly. Sam has thrown up his arms in the air in imitation of that wondrous gif. Um, Is the sort of the maybe 10-ish minute portion of the first half of that game when um, Marcus was in foul trouble, not really playing a whole lot, uh, and Marquette kind of held it together behind some really good shooting from the Hauser brothers, especially uh, young Joseph, and uh, uh, some like shockingly competent um, point guard play from Joseph Chartouni, um, some uh, big minutes from Jamal Kane. Um, yeah, Jamal Kane's defensive effort in that game was
0: yeah. awesome, and honestly, I'm looking at this. He only had six points, but he was three of three from the field. Uh, Sakar Anum was one of nine from the field, so he was certainly deserving Ooh. of the minutes. Yeah, he was certainly <laughs> deserving of the minutes he was getting in that game. But Jamal Kane played some lockdown D in that first half. Yeah, Joey went on that three threes in a row um, sprint that he had to bring Marquette right back. I think that was right when. So uh Marcus.
1: when he discarded that dude's flop and just pulled in his face, that was so beautiful. It was, it was great. I, oh my god. Yeah, but
0: uh things I didn't even realize about that game, uh Joseph Chartuni was two of four from three, um, three of five from the free throw line, one of two from two, um two only had two assists, but only had one turnover. Um as a team, Marcus had six turnovers and the rest of the team combined for seven. That's pretty good by Marquette standards.
1: Yeah. Well, so it it's one of those games where it feels like the first half is like actually like interesting analysis minutia and the second half is just like a just it's just a screed of Marcus yeah. just burning everything to the ground. Yeah. So it's like there's not a whole lot you can say about that. What I will say though is amidst that screed of burning everything to the ground, Theo John was actually Fantastic, I think, even though he only had six points, I think it was his best game. Seven blocks. Yeah, I mean, seven blocks against, like, a team that is full of, like, legit, like, big D1 dudes. Like, those guys might not be very tall on the perimeter, but they were built. They're, like, I mean, these guys are... So, I mean, Marcus is... 5'11 175, but Marcus is like has in put the box me,
0: score, he is, yeah,
1: Marcus exactly. But also, he's like put on muscle since yeah. he like showed up to to Marquette. I mean, these these experienced guards for, for uh, uh, Buffalo are 6'2 187, 6'3 194, 6'3 193. Like, these are like big, strong guys, and uh, Theo is meeting them at the rim and just sending everything out of there. Like, Theo. Obviously, Theo doesn't need to uh, to uh, uh, put on any more muscle. Probably, uh, that's kind of an understatement. He's going to Theo- get
0: drug tested every game if he does. Theo's
1: probably the um, one of the more muscular uh, players in college basketball. But um, for him to just like step up and have like a man game in the post in against a team that was a legit like experienced, strong college basketball team, just. Blew, blew everything out of the water I think and it was his best game I thought in a Marquette uniform even though he's had um, more prolific offensive games um, I think it was one of those games where they probably didn't need a lot of offensive contribution for anyone sure. besides the the uh, anointed one um, well that's burning everyone down
0: well and to be fair uh, besides Sakar Anum, everybody uh, Posted above a 130 offensive rating. That's really good. For the Buffalo game. That's really Besides good. Besides Brendan good. Bailey, who posted a $5 trillion, but we won't talk about that. Um, oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Do you not count three pointer three point attempts in a trillion? I don't, I don't think, think you so. do. No, that it's is o- a 5 it's only, trillion. It's only wow. actual stats. That was a $5 because I thought he played so well against Southern. If you want to do that transition now, I don't think we need to beat this I mean, yeah. So
0: Marcus went off um, having one of the most ridiculous halves we've ever seen in college <laughs> basketball ever um okay I've marquette got... played well around him yeah both offensively and defensively um and that's
1: a, that's a legit buffalo team that's a that's a sweet 16 team I'm, exactly like I, lo- I watched the first half of that game and i was like oh i want to take this team in my bracket to win a couple of games mm-hmm. because they looked so tough and then marcus just burned them yeah. to the ground like unbelievable
0: so yeah, this this was really the realization of what Marquette's offense can be, especially you know when Marcus Howard is doing that ridiculous crap. Yeah. But also that we we we've preached, I think at times our defense just needs to be better. And our defense is actually I think like one of the top defenses in the Big East now, but our defense only ever needs to be good enough for our offense to win. And honestly, yeah. we're winning games. Like, that was always the mantra. of Like, we just need to not suck enough to let our offense win. We're finally winning on defense, and then our offense does ridiculous crap like this.
1: Well, so, like, I've seen people saying that, like, if you break down the actual um, uh, efficiency numbers, that our defense is actually better than our offense this year. But it's just, like, Ken Palm's model is, like, baked in all the, like, the perception and the, uh, the preseason yeah. stuff still. I don't know if that's the case. Necessarily, but I will just say like this team is so balanced and just so impressive, and that Buffalo game was yeah. the um, sort of the epitome of that. Um, how about a hot take for you? Um, Let's go. I know it's not a. I don't actually really believe in this, but I think what Marcus did against Southern, and granted Southern is a huge step down from Buffalo, yeah. what he did against Southern was almost as impressive against as what he did against Buffalo. Because, like, obviously against Buffalo, like, he had a really bad first half, and that was partially because he was in foul trouble, partially because the bigger, stronger guards that we were talking about were uh, giving him some rhythm issues. Against Southern, he, like... It was like he, he was like getting paid by the minute or something or, six of six from yeah three. like like that's the opposite of what I mean with that expression but like he was like ah you know I actually don't really want to play a whole lot tonight so let me just get all my scoring done in like a 10 minute span and then i will be good to go like 26 points in 16 minutes are you kidding me? That's Club disgusting absurd like what and he missed one shot the whole game. And it was, like, I think it might have been his last shot, too. Like, he, like, missed a layup at the rim. Because I was at this game, and uh, the whole crowd groaned when he missed. Because it was, like, they kept, you know, flashing on the screen how he hadn't missed a shot yet. And, like, it was just like, okay, you know... I could, like, play, like, my customary, like, 25 minutes and sit when this is a blowout tonight. But let me just get everything out of the way, like, as soon as possible. And it was just disgusting. Like, a 174 offensive rating, like, I looked at that number and I was like, wow, that's a ridiculous number, but also I expected it to be higher. (laughs) Like, because freaking, like, that was unbelievable. Like, what he did was just, like, out of control. And it was done in a way that was so... I uh, went up to the Panorama Club briefly in, as he was in that rhythm. And so I wasn't, like, looking at it entirely. Um, and then I just kept hearing Mike Jakubowski's voice be like, Marcus Howard! Like, over and over again. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Like, how is he doing this? And so he just, like... I know Southern sucks. And that and that they haven't beaten the Division One team yet this year. But, like, that performance just being like, ah, I'm just so hot right now that, like, I'm just going to make every three I take, and they're going to be all kinds of different threes, and then I'm just going to, like, sit down and let everyone else play for the rest of the night. Like, what a—he's on fire, and I think um, one of the instructive things to say is I think we're all kind of, like, around the Wisconsin game when he was shooting, like, 34% from three for the season. Everyone was like, oh, are we a little worried about Marcus's shooting? Folks, he's up to forty three percent after the last few games. Like he's he's in the top two hundred again nationally, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're taking as many threes as he does and using as many possessions as he does, to be in the top two hundred is like a sign of an elite shooter. And if we were at all worried about as a fan base, about like, oh I don't know, Marcus is struggling again, like guys, like Marcus is back. Like this is this is he this is just fully he's fully back and for uh, for uh, reference there's no one in the top 100 nationally in three point shooting that has as anywhere near as many attempts as he does so no. he's he is fully back on the radar um, I guess maybe some of the more interesting stuff about the Southern game beyond Marcus was sort of how a lot of the guys that um, are relegated to rotation rules normally, got to um, show up a little bit more in that game. Um, did you see anything uh, that stood out to you from that game? Um, from I sort mean, of the minutiae
0: I, was, I wasn't I was at the game. I was watching it at home. Um, but, I, uh, you know, you can talk about Brendan Bailey going a combined 2 of 10 from the floor, 1 of 5 from 2, 1 of 5 from 3. But when he's in rhythm and shooting confidently, I like his stroke. I like... I don't hate him taking shots. He just, and I think they're gonna start falling. Um, I'd love for him to put it all together.
1: I liked how he played, though. Yeah, I I know offensively he wasn't making all the shots or anything, and he had a couple, you know, airball corner threes or whatever. But I actually thought like the way he was playing aggressively, and he was using his athleticism and his bounce, and and his, you know, just really. um, He's just a really uh, athletic and. He's, he's got a great too. he's got a great body for yeah. college basketball, and he uh, I thought that he played really well um, yeah. beyond the fact that he wasn't shooting well. Sure. But anyway,
0: well, and then um, kind of on the flip side is that like right now we haven't so Jamal King is three of three against Buffalo, including some pretty well executed uh, jump shots. So he was hitting like a, a step back jumper here and there. Um, he didn't have the same offensive production. Only put up one point on 0 of six shooting. He was only one of four from the free throw line. It
1: was kind of tough to yeah. watch. He was like felt like he was very snake bit that game. Like he had a couple of chances to put one through the hole and get his rhythm going. Um, just never. Fell. He had like a fast break dunk that got called Two. back. Two. Yeah, for a foul on Southern, and it was just like. Let the man dunk. I want his confidence to go up. And it was kind of a bummer that, in sort of the game that he had an opportunity to, um, you know, get in a lot of minutes. He led the team in minutes with 27. Um, it was kind of a bummer to see that he was kind of snake bit and, and couldn't um, just like the refs kept taking away uh, opportunities for him, or he would like get so close and just mess it up at the end, or because um, i'm man like i i know this is you're on this team too is just like let's keep jamal kane be around and make and like because i know he can develop into a useful rotational piece at the very least if not um a guy that can really make s- stuff happen because of how athletic he is but yeah it was it was a little bit tough at times, felt snake yeah. bit for sure
0: um i mean i don't want to spend too much more time on southern no um Sakar came back and played a good game after
1: having sort of a miserable one against Buffalo. I'm not worried about Sakar. I'm not either. either. He's just... He is what he is. Yeah. Like, if he's gonna... If he's gonna step up and sort of be the 26 points against... Was it Butler? It's Creighton, I thought? Yeah, I don't remember who it was last year, but I just remember he had a really good 26-point game when he was just going to the hole with Abandon. But, again, if he's gonna do that occasionally, great. Um, what they need from him is a lot of minutes... A lot of good defense and an occasional slashing option, yeah. and so I'm not worried about him because nope. I don't think he's gonna. It's um, I don't think he's gonna have issues with that. But yeah, no, I the agree. efficiency he had in that game was good, and he made three or four free throws, which might be a season high for him, given how that's been an adventure. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know if there was any uh, huge takeaways. Uh, Chartuni was up and down again. He he was actually. Um, I will say he was a little bit more assertive offensively. Um, as far as like, uh, going to the rim a little bit more and he took a three that, that was a good rhythm shot for him and he made it. Um, but yeah, the four turnovers again, he just made a couple of plays where it was like, dude, just come on. (laughs) Like, please, you're 23. Like you should be better than this. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. It was a weird game where they were playing, um, you know, competition that they won't face, um, a team that bad again this season, um, no matter how
0: DePaul DePaul is, no, or <laughs>
1: Georgetown Georgetown is, yeah, um, because Georgetown might be worse than DePaul. Oh, fans, Georgetown's worse than DePaul. Um, but uh, yeah. Did you see that? Did you see that tweet about Mac McClung? Where like he the, just wasn't in the game? Yeah. Well, no. So some some Georgetown fan, I don't know if it was like fake or what. Mm-hmm. I don't have like confirmation on it, but some Georgetown fan had a tweet about like. I want to see Mac McClung's manager. Like, why isn't he playing? I brought my son to this game to see Mac McClung play or something. It was just the most, like, entitled, wild, like, yeah. white DC person, like, tweet possible. And it was just like, ah, oh, Georgetown fans, grr. But, um, anyway, uh, brief tangent there. Um, not a lot, uh, I guess, a ton to take away other than Marquette has, you know, 10 dudes that can play um, if they need them to. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully they can get consistent contributions from, like, five of them on any given night. Um, I don't know. I don't think there was a whole lot. The big men were in and out, scored some points. Wasn't a ton uh, to talk about there. Um, Matt Hill played 15 minutes. It was hey, very yes. entertaining at the end of the game. Like, that's one of those games that, um, if it's not fun at all, you'd leave, like, after, like, you like with, like, 10 minutes on the clock, especially if it was a late night and it was a Friday. So, But like, it was still fun. Well, it was really fun when they had Matt help, Camerata, Mike Lolito, Buddy Jaffe, and Tommy Gardner. In yeah. At the end. That was the great. Cam, The Camerata three. Cam, cam pulled an absolute bomb out on the last possession, too. And the guys, like, God, this team, honestly, they seem to like each other so much, which is really good and just an awesome, like, that's a super underrated part of like what separates like talented teams from like good and talented teams is like actually liking each other and enjoying like producing uh, and succeeding and winning and the excitement that they had for Camerata who seems like he's sort of the heart and soul of the team as far as like he's been doing this stuff for four years now. So this is his um, he's contributed um, so much to the program as a walk on and for them to just mob him after the buzzer in a 40-point win um, after he just, I mean, that was a legit, like, I don't know if it was a fader necessarily, but it was a, a guy in his face, like top of the key kind of dagger shot. And it and was it, awesome. Yeah, it was awesome, and it was great to see all the guys give him credit for it. Yeah. Um, I think we've probably talked about that enough. Sure. Um,
0: so, real quick, before we get into the fact that Big East Conference play is upon us. And has already started. Yeah, has already started. Um, De-
1: DePaul has already lost at home, folks. The Biggie season <laughs> is underway.
0: Oh, God. Andy had some really good tweets about that from the Anonymous Eagle account, too, where it was like.
1: They blew, they blew the Max Struess
0: was absolutely miserable down the stretch. Is this your king? This is who you stand for?
1: Uh, I was standing for Max Struess on Twitter the other, a couple of weeks ago too. So Shame was, on you. So I shouldn't. Shame on yeah, you. Yeah, I shouldn't. I'd back off. I was trying to, I was trying to talk about how Max Struce is a top five player in the big East. So I should probably He's not the, probably okay. go crawl in my hole. real
0: quick before we get into the big East. Um, so we both predicted Marquette eleven and two with the correct losses. Actually. Yeah,
1: Indiana and Kansas. Yeah. I think we, I think we were, you were going back and forth uh, between we were, Indiana and Kansas State. Yeah, and but. you switched at the end to Indiana, and we both had eleven and two losing to Indiana and Kansas. So um, you're welcome, good. folks. Like we told you, what was going to happen. You come to us for analysis, and we give you the exact prediction of a thirteen game non conference schedule. So you're welcome. Yeah. Um, I will say. I did not think it would look anything like what it did. No, Like, where we were, like, on life support after five games, basically. Like, if Louisville had a couple bounces had gone the other way, a three-pointer that was clearly a three-pointer hadn't counted as two. Well, um, the Sakar thing in that game, too, was where... There was a lot in that game. That I do bad. not want to watch that game ever no, again. That no game God. was a disaster.
0: No, 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 no.
1: But all things considered... Um, where we were after five games, sort of like on pins and needles about, uh, is this team any good? Um, and where we are now, where we are very convinced that this team is, is, uh, quite good and quite capable of competing, not only with, um, everybody, but the upper echelon of, uh, uh the best teams in the country and especially within the down, but still somewhat resilient big East. Um, yeah, I mean, 11 and two, sure. But I expected maybe 11-2 and two to look a lot more confident than it did after the first five. But now it feels funny. Now it feels great, man. It yeah, feels, I, think, I mean... yeah.
0: Um, really quick, uh, looking at the AP poll. I mean, I think 11-2 and two was going to firmly sit us in the top 25. But I'm mm-hmm. looking at the AP poll where you have... So the people did a
1: team did a team in front of us by a few spots and a people lose I, yesterday? Well
0: actually two. Well First. was
1: there was there a team that is from another part of the state that lost to a team that is a directional Kentucky? I
0: mean <laughs> so we we always talk about don't lose to directional Illinois cuz I remember the last few year's oh, I think yeah? we played like every directional Illinois school. Yeah, we almost lost <clears> to Eastern Illinois. Wisconsin in their they genius. Let's go with their genius. Back when Bo Ryan was still a coach. Um, Signed on for a home football game for the Badgers against Western Kentucky,
1: a home basketball game. But is the- that actually how that came about? Yeah, I don't know. I was, I looked at it and I was like, why the hell are they playing at Western Kentucky? But, but
0: that so it's like they get a home game for basketball and football, and they would give them an away basketball game. Western Kentucky and Charles
1: Bassey immediately made them regret that on a Saturday night. What? Why would God you, bless? Why would you? Yeah, seriously, God bless. Why would you play? a home-and-home home with Western Kentucky. That's, like, I actually... So, let's not give Western Kentucky complete and utter slander. They're a pretty That's competent a good, basketball yeah. program, and basketball they have bag-dropping legend Rick Stansbury as their coach, who is the king of getting, like, top 25 five-star recruits to come to the most obscure colleges, a la Renardo Sydney at Mississippi State. Um, but, just, like, it's so... It's still, like, aesthetically, like, a Western Kentucky loss on your resume it does not look good. Um, and yes, you were correct in saying, as I just recently pulled up the AP poll in the middle of this conversation, that uh, the team directly ahead of Marquette lost to Princeton yesterday.
0: After beating number one Kansas a week before. Yeah,
1: Arizona State and the Pac-12 as a whole is a really The Pac-12 is a mid-major conference. this year. <laughs> And Dude, I mean, so shout-out Seattle University briefly for beating California yesterday, who are probably the worst Division One Power Six conference uh, or team again this year. But, like, Santa Clara beat their second uh, Pac-12 team in, like, two weeks uh, yesterday. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, they beat Washington State, State yeah. after beating uh, USC uh, a couple weeks yeah. earlier. So, I mean— So, it's just, like, it's a mess. Man.
0: According to Ken Palm— um, by averaging adjusted offense and defense of the teams in the conference, the Big East is the fifth best conference at a plus twelve point five. Dude, the Pac twelve is getting real close to the AAC. The Pac twelve is almost <laughs> getting passed by the AAC. That would this be so this should bad. not in a league where you have USC and UCLA and Arizona State. In Washington and Oregon, that shouldn't happen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I honestly, my goal for the season, and I don't think this will happen now because like the non-conference is over. So I don't know how far the Pac-12 can actually fall um, when they're not getting bullied by. Uh, they l- won less than sixty percent of their games. They're like the first non, uh, they're the first uh, Big East and Power Five uh, conference team uh, in the modern era, basically, to not win. To not win 60% of their non-conference games at yeah, a conference. It's absurd. Gross. Um, but I, my goal for the season is for the West Coast Conference to pass the Pac-12. Because the West Coast Conference, like, this is very... Sneaking good. Very, I grew up on the West Coast uh, in basketball conversation. Um, but, like, the West Coast Conference has uh, San Francisco and LMU and uh, San Diego uh, both having pretty good... Um, uh, uh, Better than normal seasons right now. Uh, LMU's twelve and two, San Diego's eleven and four, San Francisco's twelve and two. Um, plus BYU and St. Mary's are pretty they're pretty consistently like okay mid majors. They're kind of the same again this year, and obviously then Gonzaga is Gonzaga. typical Gonzaga. Um, so that's actually a sneaky decent conference this year, um, with the exception of Portland. Um well, we on, don't talk on. about them. Come on, Portland. Um, but, uh, so yeah, uh, they have maybe an outside shot to catch the Pac-12 and Ken Palm ratings. I really hope that that happens. I don't know if it's possible, but I think they might be a better conference sure. overall. Anyway, um, Pac-12 uh, sucks.
0: Yeah, so uh, we kind of know that the Big East is not, not as high as it was last year, of course. But um, if anybody watched the St. John's Seton Hall debacle of a basketball game.
1: I did we- not. Fill me in.
0: Um so Saint John's gave a like a fifteen point lead over the course of the second half. Saw the buzzer beater, that's all I saw. Yeah. Uh spoiling the end of it, there was a buzzer beater, but Saint John's twice only missed two free throws in the second half. I didn't say who I didn't say who had the buzzer beater, I didn't spoil it. But St. John's missed <laughs> Saint John's missed two front ends of a one and one to let Seton Hall truly back into the game when I think St. John's only have like five or six. Um and then the officials officialed, uh, certainly. Um, there was a, a very, very, very poor officiating decision um, made that allowed Seton Hall to retain the ball um, with St. John's up two, uh, with about a s- 10 seconds left. Seton Hall had a wa- former walk-on... I saw that. That's crazy. Hit a three-pointer as time expired to give them the home win. Um... That kind of bodes. I don't know if that bodes it's well. Like if Camarada's
1: shot against Southern was a buzzer beater with a with a, when they were losing.
0: Yeah, in a conference game. Yeah. Um. So St. John's is no longer undefeated. Um. They'll probably be pissed. We Marquette has their first Big East game on. You New know, Wednesday. actually,
1: I would think St. John's fans would react completely rationally and and calmly on Twitter and not. But of course about the officials. But of course. It's like it's almost as if like St. John's. Uh, what did they? What, how big of a lead did they blow? Fifteen. Uh, maybe? Fifteen at some point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's 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 shocking that St. John's would blow a lead late in the game. It's almost as if their coaching is a bit um, suspect.
0: Shocking. No can... shock. It's almost as if their coach also, has Saint... never
1: coached before he became yeah. their coach. I would also argue that St.
0: John's. I mean, if you look at their roster, it's not a deep, deep roster. It's. I mean, for crying out loud. Mustafa Heron is listed as their second uh, power forward because they only play really seven guys. Well, and they didn't play anybody in the non-conference. No, their best win was VCU at the Garden. That's uh, that's And uh, they only beat... Cal. Suspect. And they only beat Cal by three at the Garden.
1: That's really suspect. As again, shout out to Seattle University for beating mm-hmm. Cal without their second best player at Cal yesterday by 10. Um... But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think St. John's is that great, but I also think that when you have Shimori Ponds, it's similar to what we, the kind of conversation we were having about the Marquette Butler game, where uh, or, uh, I did it again. Marquette Buffalo game. Uh, How <laughs> many times? I don't know, and it's and it's over too, and it's crazy. But I'm still gonna do it. Uh, the Marquette, uh, the Marquette Buffalo game, uh, where uh, the You know, it was a close game for 25, almost 30 minutes, um, and both teams were trading punches, and both teams were showing that they were uh, legit uh, Division One caliber teams. Um, But then uh, Marquette or Marcus burned the house down, and it didn't matter what Buffalo did for the first. I almost did it again there. I had to pause. What Buffalo did for the first, uh, you know, 30 minutes of the game, because Marcus just completely ended it there. And I think that that's sort of the theory with St. John's is maybe they're not um, super good um, or uh, super deep or super well coached, um, but they have Shimori Pons and Shamori Pons, uh, especially in a you know hypothetical uh, game at Carnesecca Arena in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, um, could score forty points, yeah. and it wouldn't matter what a hypothetical. Let's just say Marquette. Um, would do, uh, because uh, St. John's uh, has a player that's capable of taking over a game at any time. Yeah. So while St. John's is clearly a flawed team, um, they're uh, you know fully capable of flipping any sort of odds um, or any sort of uh, potentially uh, adverse situation by just having Shimori Ponds light everything on fire. Yes. Um, so that... Kind of is a decent segue into talking about how we feel about Marquette's Big East opener um, against St. John's uh, on Tuesday, um, New Year's Day. What a what a what a lovely way to ring in 2019 by reliving the hellish memories of that St. John's game at oh, Carnegie last talk year. About it. Um, yeah, I mean that was probably rock bottom last season. I mean losing to DePaul. No, losing to too. DePaul is still losing to DePaul is bad. Never lose to DePaul. Don't lose to DePaul. Hashtag Don't lose to DePaul. Um, shout out Marquette Nation. Um, the, uh, but that loss, I just remember being like, okay, Marquette, we were at that point in the season where it's like, what does Marquette have to do to like make the tournament? And it was like, all right, got to win this one, this one, this one. And this one was one of the ones he had to win. And Shamori Pond burned the house down yeah. and it was bad. Um, so I don't want that to happen again. No, that'd be bad. Uh, so Sakar and him. Likely to have his hands full with Shmory Pons, I would assume.
0: I would honestly say that it's probably going to be Marcus.
1: Uh, See, I, Mustafa Heron's 6-5. That's the real problem That's here. true. And and that's an interesting point. Yeah. Because if you start both the Hauser brothers, they're probably neither of them are probably capable of guarding um, a player like Haran or Pons. So, so then, they have to guard yeah. uh, Simon and uh, Marvin
0: Clark, who yeah. are both better athletes than the Hauser brothers to be quite honest but the thing about St. John's is that St. John's has seven guys over 30% of the minutes but that's it like the next highest guy is Greg Williams at 15.2% of the minutes like they only play seven guys and And only
1: one of them is wait no that guy doesn't count the tallest one is is six six, seven seven. yeah like which
0: that's very good (laughs) that's great for us Marquette has two centers that are capable of exploiting that that's very good and honest, One especially. Yeah, and I, the best matchup for me is honestly when we're going to have Sam Hauser and Joey Hauser being able to just absolutely shoot over these guys. Yeah. So, as long as we're not playing dumb with the ball, which we've been known to do, I'm yeah. not too worried about that because yeah, Pons might go get 30, but I think the Hauser brothers and Marcus, Marcus will get his points. I don't think uh, they have anybody besides... They might throw Mustafa Haran on um, Marcus. They might. They probably will. Because um, he's the better defender than Pons
1: is. Right, and he's 6'5". I yeah. almost guarantee you they will.
0: And st- I still think Marcus is going to get his points. And if you let the Hausers do work, and you let Theo John and Ed Morrow just absolutely eat the fact that they're going against guys at best... Ed size. Yeah. And definitely not as physically gifted and athletically gifted as him. Ed is
1: Ed is one of those guys yeah. that if he's playing other Eds, is very good. Yeah. Like, if Ed is getting a bunch of Ed-sized guys... Ed he's is, going to eat them. Ed is, Ed is very strong and bouncy so, and capable of exploiting As long as them.
0: we're playing good enough defense to not let anybody else beat us. Yeah. And as long as we're not playing... And as long as we're hitting shots and, like, exploiting the matchups we have, I'm not worried about this game.
1: So what my my concern about last year's game? I remember going it. So that game started at I believe eleven central last year. Yeah, it was miserably early on a Saturday morning. Yeah, and God bless it. But our best player last year was a bit of a loose cannon, um, and so I don't I don't want to wildly speculate. But I remember that being discussed. A lot that hey they're in New York on a Friday night like that's a good time and so 11 a.m. was not a great time to wake up and play that game no um this year it's at six which I like a lot more and I'm not saying like Marquette's players were hung over last year I'm just saying like when, just you, when you go to the east coast and you have to get up and, an hour earlier than yeah, you are used to and- it's just not a good that's not a good uh recipe for success and so this year's game I feel like is in a lot more comfortable um Position for them. They're not coming off a challenging game at all. Southern was a walk in the park, and the starters played less than twenty minutes. Yes, yeah, to
0: to think about it, last year we had just beat Seton Hall by three in a really
1: closely contested Marquette Seton contest- Hall games yeah. are hellish. Yeah, like they They'll, are, and they will continue to be. This they year. will. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember remember on like one of our preseason podcasts when I was like, "Hey, at least Seton Hall games won't suck this year." They're gonna suck, folks. Yeah, Seton Hall's good again. They beat Kentucky. They beat Maryland too. Yeah, they, I mean Seton Hall is freaking good. They got a. They, Miles Powell is like a real dude. <laughs> Miles Powell is higher on Ken Palm right now, as far as um, uh, overall uh, success. He's got the list of the top five players in the Big East right now. Miles Powell is above Shemori Ponds. Like <laughs> Miles, Mar- it's Marcus Howard, Miles Powell, Shemori Ponds. Yeah. Like that's not Miles Powell's not anything. Anyway, that game's not until January twelfth. Thank God. Um. Yeah. Well. No, that's, that's the. That's, that's the one. That that's away. the one I'm
0: missing. I'm not missing Providence. I'm missing Seton Hall. At home. Well,
1: that's actually good for your health. probably. Yeah, probably.
0: I'll tear um, my hair. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be. I'll be somewhere
1: very happy on the west coast at a bar watching. Missing it, but... Seton Hall is not a bad thing. Um, so where is I going to go with that? Uh, yeah. So I'm a little less worried about this game this year, just because it's less of an undertaking. Um, it's the first game in the conference. Um, there's enough uh, of a built-in sort of like. Um, uh, it's not, like, a really bad high-pressure situation like it was for Marquette last year. Um, St. John's doesn't really play that good of defense, so if Marquette is making shots, which is not a given in um, on the road in the Big East, but if Marquette is making shots, like, they're going to put a lot of pressure on, on St. John's, and I, again, I think Marquette's defense has shown that um, it can really hold up in uh, difficult situations. Yeah. So... We do have as of right now the best defense in the conference. Yeah, I mean
0: statistically I'm and not, we and we haven't we haven't exactly played cupcakes, I know. Like, and I'm not going to I'm not going to argue with that either because So I mean, I, like, I think that this year everything is primed for Marquette to we you know I say this and we're going to win by
1: one on a buzzer beater or something, you know. Villanova uh played a harder non-conference maybe than we did, but um debatably. Suppose, yeah. But Uh, uh, Marquette emerged uh, from it looking a lot better than Villanova did. So, again, yeah, Marquette, of any of these teams in the Big East, Marquette is the most like, all right, this team has, you know, been through it and showed that they uh, can succeed. And St. John's is the complete opposite of that. St. John's was undefeated for two months and didn't get ranked because they weren't playing anyone. Furman got ranked yeah
0: for in the Houston
1: first... Buffalo like all these teams that like would normally not get respect got ranked because they were undefeated and St. John's couldn't get ranked because they weren't playing anymore. and then the first time they played
0: any sort of good opposition they they blew a lead they blew a huge lead and lost on a buzzer beater
1: yeah and so yeah Marquette is not going to be an easy task for St. John's as much as going to New York and playing a road game uh on a national holiday to start your uh to your non-conference season is not the easiest task and playing at St. John's is also just generally not an easy task. Uh, Marquette is going to be a challenge for St. John's and I don't know if this is going to be something we see a lot this season but I just have a feeling like Marquette um, is going to be a challenge for a lot of these teams. Um, Maybe not as much on the road. I don't expect any team to have an easy time in the forum this year though. No, and no. That's, that's what we've seen in years past. If we want to sort of transition into uh, what are our expectations for the overall Big East Conference, um, Marquette could easily run the table at the Forum. Um, just because as, as good as some of these teams are in flashes, um, Marquette has handled three legit... Well, I don't know how good Kansas State is. Um, but three at least projected legit... Um, uh, teams in their home arena this year um, and like been like, all right, we know what you've got. Here's what we've got. Um, and I know, you know, Wisconsin went to overtime and a couple of bounces of the ball. They would have got that win, but also a with the exception of losing to a directional Kentucky, I don't think Marquette or uh, Wisconsin uh, showed any sort of uh, overall weakness. I think that they have got a lot of... Uh, they are legit, and they obviously have a player that's uh, a... Uh, legit all American. So that's, they're going to be a tough out with anyone, especially with the way they play. Mm-hmm. But my global point is, I don't think, I mean, I, am w- not going to go as far to say as I think Marquette's going to go undefeated at the forum. I'm sure one will slip because it'll, it'll just, somebody will come in and be super hot shooting or, uh, you I'm know, looking it'll to, just be yeah. a bad day that happens. Yeah. And, and it's a tough conference and, um, That'll happen. But I just really think Marquette has a huge home court advantage this year. Um, Not just from sort of having a great crowd there, which it has been. Shout out to all the Marquette fans that made a freaking game against a team in the MAC on a Friday night right before Christmas. An absolute, like, blast of an atmosphere from what I heard about it and what I uh, heard on, on the broadcast. Like, incredible job by the fans. And, like just objectively like the southern game wasn't i mean it's southern mm-hmm. so that's not going to put a lot of butts in the seats but for it it's very clear that people even with casual interest in marquette want to go see a game at the on a friday night in the forum because that southern crowd while it was you know sparse like you would expect it was still like pretty well filled in for a friday night against a one and 11 team that is in one of the worst conferences in college basketball so that atmosphere is going to pose a lot of challenges for people it's going to be sort of a bright lights big city kind of look whenever a team comes into the form especially for the first time because again all of these teams that come in this year are never going to have played in this arena before and it's like if you don't play in the garden regularly which i don't think st john's like isn't playing in the garden anymore right like they're barely they had they were in a tournament at the garden but I don't think they're like actually playing that much at the garden. Anymore. I think Yeah, I'm trying to like quickly sprint through their schedule. I don't know what the I don't know what exactly the situation is. Tweet at us if you know. So
0: they're playing Georgetown at the Garden. Okay. Which is normal, that's an old big East right. rivalry. But I think they're they've trimmed their garden. They're playing the they're playing Providence there. They are playing Seaton Hall there. Which is a mistake. I don't know They're playing,
1: um, are they playing, I guess the only other question is, are they playing Villanova there? And they're playing Villanova there. Okay, so that's a limited schedule. They probably are going to end up playing, not counting the Big East Tournament, they're going to probably play like six or seven games there. Yeah. Regardless, no one in the conference has a regular experience playing in an arena like the Forum. And again, Marquette is a good defensive team, which makes it difficult for teams to come in shooting the lights out. Um, if in case you haven't seen the updated uh, Marquette uh, defensive uh, shooting statistics, they're fantastic. Teams are shooting under thirty percent against Marquette from three. That's unbelievably good. That's thirty-first in the country, and their two-point defense is even better. Teams are shooting forty-three and a half percent. Yeah, forty-three and a half percent, which is nineteenth in the country. Like this is a very good. Um, 18th in effective field goal percentage defense. Like this is a very We're good an incredibly shooting defense.
0: Good rebounding team
1: too. Yes, exactly. So Marquette not only has a great home court advantage this year, has this sort of um, built in. We've played a lot of people in the non-conference, so we know what good Division One college basketball looks like right now. Advantage. They have a really good defensive setup to avoid the kind of situations that lead to upsets. Now, really, the question is the turnovers. And that's that's yeah. probably going to be the biggest factor. You know, we said coming into this year that how the defense improves would be the biggest factor uh, on how high Marquette's ceiling is. Now that I think we, it's kind of a given that Marquette's a good defensive team, I don't know if it's a given that they're the best team in the Big East defensively. They have been so far, but I don't know if that's like a... We know that for sure yeah, that's going a fair forward. Point. Um, I think the biggest variable now is the turnovers because this team is if they take care of the ball this team is good at everything. Like if they're not turning the ball over at a below average division 1 rate, which they did in the non-conference, they're 240th in turnover percentage offensively, which sucks. They're yeah. in mm. the in the bottom 40 nationally or just outside in uh, the amount of times uh, their opponents get steals. Like that's bad. And but if that can improve, if they can take care of the ball, if, um, you know, Joseph Chartouni and Marcus Howard are probably the biggest culprits of that, um, if, they can, if they can be better and smarter with the ball and not take chances on bad passes that lead to runouts. I mean, the Indiana loss was as bad as it was because of how um, they could never get their defense set. And, I mean, you, Indiana, as that game for Marquette's defense is such an outlier because of just how bad Marquette's offense made their defense in that game, yeah. and if they can avoid that, I mean they're gonna they're gonna be favored in most of the games they play in the Big East this year, and they will probably be able to deliver on that if they're taking care of the ball. Now, I, again, with a team that's put up that kind of numbers, so those kind of turnover numbers so far this year, um, I don't think you can project them to fix that necessarily. Like, I think they'll probably improve on it just because it's so bad and they're so talented. Um, but I think they'll probably still um, struggle in a lot of games um, because of how their turnovers set them back. Yeah, and I
0: think that's really where St. John's, at least to start the conference... I mean, St. John's is 30th in the country at turning their opponents over. They that's are insane. 12th in the country at steal percentage. Like That's really good. That, that plays to their advantages um there, but I just think that if Marquette like you said, if <clears throat> it's going to come down to Marquette's defense is, is, is fine. Wow, Pons is thirty eighth in the country in yeah. steals. Oh in steals um, rate? That's fantastic. Um, so like the defense is gonna be fine. Yeah. Um I'm not worried about Well Pons could light him on fire well, potentially, yeah. but um... um I don't think anything will be as bad as
1: Indiana shooting like seventy four percent from two.
0: I don't think it's there's not
1: an yeah. there's not a team with an offense in this conference besides Creighton, but Creighton doesn't really do it with like legit top tier talent. Yeah, like Creighton's guys are, are they combine to be really good. They're still number one in the country in effective field goal percentage, yeah. which is incredible. But um, like there's not an individual guy on Creighton where you're like, all right, got to game plan him out. Um. Like, when Marquette, we always say, and and this is, I, I love this observation, that Creighton is essentially, like, 2016-17 and 2017-18 Marquette, with the way that their offense and defense efficiency breaks down, how they're such good shooting teams, but they can't guard anybody, um, and that's showing in their inconsistency in their non-conference schedule, where they've got a couple of nice wins, but also a couple of not-so-great losses. Like, they played well against Gonzaga, they... Gonzaga's a really tough team to stop, and they, uh, you know, kept it within, like, they lost by 11 points. But then they just get smoked by a tough team like Nebraska, and that's, like, kind of the inconsistency that Marquette showed uh, a lot of times. But, like, what Creighton doesn't have that Marquette had in those years was sort of an Andrew Rousey and a Marcus Howard. I mean, the names on this roster, like, Tyshawn Alexander, Davion Mintz, Mitch Ballack, those are your... um, couple of your primary three-point shooters there, and those guys are, you know... They're good. They're good, but they're not, like... And I guess their strength is probably that they have five guys that shoot at least 42% from three, which is, you know, fantastic. Um, but...
0: It just continues the analogy that they are 2016, 2017 Right, Marquette. in
1: the way that you wouldn't worry about Marquette, like, winning the conference because they can't stop anybody. Is the same thing with Creighton. My larger point here is, though... As you go into the Big East, um, I guess the teams Marquette faces probably the most competition from are, I guess, I mean, you'd pretty much say before yesterday it was going to be Butler or Villanova, right? And the problem with Butler is that they got crushed by a mediocre Florida team. Like, I guess Florida is 20, top 20 in Ken Palm, but they're 8-4, and they've and lost
0: some they lost to Butler early earlier in the year. That's right. Too. Wow. Why did they play it was so they played in a tournament together. Yeah,
1: but and they ended up playing. They just each happened race. to schedule each other too? Yeah, so they lose to Butler earlier this year on a neutral court and they smack Butler by twenty thirty five yesterday. Um yeah. and that's uh that's Florida Florida's fine.
0: But they're not great.
1: No, and they're like probably like a like they're probably not going to be picked to win the SEC. Well, they're, no, they're fourth in the SEC in Ken Palm behind Tennessee, Auburn, and Kentucky. Mississippi State's sort of on their heels, so they're like a mid, upper mid team in the SEC. And for Butler to just get smoked like that, it's like, uh, all right, a team that's team that you're trying to project to win a conference. You don't want to see them go get smoked by a team you're not convinced is that good. Um, Because Florida, again, Florida doesn't have any terrible losses, but they've lost to Butler already. They lost to Oklahoma, neutral.
0: top 25 now, but
1: yeah. Yeah, but again, like Oklahoma lost Trey Young, so they're not actually that great. They just are well-coached. Lon Kruger's a pretty good coach. Yeah. Um, Anyway, my point is that for Butler to get crushed by a team that you're not like, all right, that's a really good team, um, is super concerning if you're going to try to project them to win a conference. Villanova is the same way. Villanova um, is still getting a lot of respect because of their track record and because Jay Wright's one of the best coaches in college basketball, um, but they've just come out and looked completely uh, you know, ineffective uh, in a lot of games. So as much as you know, the pessimists in both of us want to make the argument that Marquette shouldn't be favored to win the Big East. Um, They probably should be favored to win the Big East. They probably should be favored to win the Big East because you're looking at it and it's like, okay, uh, in Ken Palm, Marquette is clearly, um, besides Villanova, Marquette has a significant advantage over pretty much everybody. Creighton's popped up there, probably just because they're a really efficient shooting team, but again, they're the worst defensive team in the conference. They are legitimately, again, I can't say this enough, they are the last two years of Marquette. Um, And Villanova uh, is still ahead of Marquette and Ken Palm, but a lot of that is sort of the baked-in predictive respect that Ken Palm gives to um, teams that have showed consistency to achieve uh, at a high level. Um, And I don't know if I would argue necessarily that it's incorrect to have Villanova above Marquette and Ken Palm, but also I think it's very clear that Villanova is not Villanova Um, and that a lot of um, what was expected out of them was dependent on Javon Quinterly being sort of the next Villanova guard, and he has been nothing of the sort. So, I don't know how, and I saw a lot of this sentiment on Twitter after the Butler win, I don't know how you don't install Marquez the favorite in the Big East going into this. Now, and I, I would say that I, I, wouldn't, I won't be disappointed or anything if Marquette doesn't win the Big East this year um, because I think that that's such a jump um, from where we've been. Um, but I find it hard to say that Marquette couldn't be the favorite right now. Um, and Ken Palm, who is notoriously um, you know home road split in his projections, um, still says eleven and seven for Marquette. Um, yep. I think that that is low. I think twelve and six and thirteen and five is a lot more. Yeah, low. I
0: I think I'm sort of on twelve and six right now.
1: Yeah. Um, so
0: I think you're right. I think they should run the the table at the forum. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe
1: one will slip through the cracks, like Villanova yeah. or because um, Villanova would be Villanova like the team St. John's has two. a hot
0: day if.
1: But St. John's, I don't really trust to go on the road. Um,
0: you know, Seton Hall. St. If John's. Mi- yeah, if Miles Powell and Miles Kale just can't miss. Yes. Um,
1: Seton Hall is a team that you could see. Um, Butler is one of those teams where they're way better at home than they are on the road, as they just showed literally yeah. yesterday. Um, so I don't really trust that. Um, but Creighton again. It's
0: so if we assume, let's just assume eight and one at home.
1: Yeah. I think that's fair.
0: Marquette then needs to go four and five on the road to, to be 12. twelve and six.
1: And that feels so it, it obviously not easy, but like don't lose it to Paul. Don't lose don't it. do lose it at Georgetown. Like, don't those lose teams it. Are bad. Don't lose it Xavier. Don't lose it Xavier. Xavier is man, Xavier's not that good this year. Xavier it needs yeah. a lot to go right for them to don't, be yeah. anywhere competitive in this Don't
0: conference. don't lose it Saint John's. Um Yeah. If don't lose it Creighton, which is a hard place to play pro but the, Providence. I think the scariest ones to me right now are Creighton, Providence, and Butler away.
1: Yeah, because those are like your tough yes. non-conference games. Yeah. Uh, Villanova probably will be tough regardless. Yeah. On both sides, but again, like none of these teams are unbeatable. Yeah, and they don't offer more complete threats than Marquette. Like they all have bigger weaknesses and bigger holes and bigger concerns than Marquette does, which yeah. is insane to say. I'm still just not comfortable the, with it. No, it's like, uh, why are we the least flawed team in this conference? Like, we're always, like, awesome but flawed under Steve Wojciechowski. But it's like, you look at all these teams in this conference, and you look at, like, who has flaws and who has issues, and they're all, they are all present bigger uh, concerns than Marquette does, which is just crazy, and I'm not used to it. And no. it's going to take maybe half a conference season for me to be like, Oh yeah, Marquette's a legit contender in the conference just because obviously I know that they're a legit contender. I'm not um I'm not uh I, I'm you know, I'm I've watched and I know that they've looked better than any team in this conference, but until they like are like, Yeah, we're owning this league and I and I think they have the thing is, I think that they have the swagger from these games that they've won to like come in and be like, Okay, we're a better team than you because I, I think that that's been tricky, and especially against teams like Villanova and Xavier in the past, where Villanova's like we're former national champions, and Xavier's like we have JP McCoura and Trayvon Blue, and we're, like, we
0: were a one seed, like
1: yeah, and we we have all there are these teams that would bring these experienced players. Seton Hall's kind of like this as well because they just had an awesome that, that group that of senior seniors. Class. Yeah, yeah. Um, they bring sort of this cockiness and this like we are better mm-hmm. than you two games against Marquette, and Marquette hasn't really had a lot of, you know, evidence to back that up. I think Marquette just emerged from a non-conference schedule where they proved that they were better than a lot of decent teams, Um, and they had, and Marcus Howard is completely on track again. Uh, They have a guy like Sam Hauser who's a proven, who is on everyone's list of most underrated players in college basketball.
0: Joey is joining him on those List Joey's now. crushing it. Yeah. Theo
1: John is realizing that he's an athletic freak that can, you know, throw everyone's shot back in their face if he wants yeah. to. Um, they have a lot of they they have a lot of confidence right now, and there's not a lot of teams in this conference that have a lot of confidence. No. Miles Powell probably is the only person in the entire conference that is as confident as Marquette is as a team. Yeah, and Miles Powell is getting a lot of play because he's having a great season. Um, And Seton Hall is overperforming a lot of the expectations people thought, and they beat a legit team in Kentucky. But, like, Villanova's super beaten down right now. Like, everyone is talking about what's wrong with Villanova. How is Villanova falling apart like this? And that's, you know, not the narrative around Villanova usually. And everyone is on Marquette as a, like, a really, you know, positive, improving program right now. And I just think, like, the confidence that Marcus and Sam and all the guys are going to bring into, um, these games night in and night out are going to be a huge factor, uh, in proving that they're, uh, sort of the cream of the crop in this conference. So, I mean, I don't want to like label Marquette big East champions before I see them play a game in the big East, but I think you would be misguided to assume any other team is the favorite in the conference right now.
0: I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I think that I, we're both sort of on the same page. that so I think that 12-6 and six is pretty reasonable uh, in terms of just how good this team has looked compared mm-hmm. to the rest of the conference, um, which should theoretically make them the regular season champion. Of course, you have to go win games in Madison Square Garden and get that auto bid. But, um, yeah, I just – I don't see it right now where – i I'm in your camp too, where I, just, I don't see – me being okay like yep yep this is the best team in the conference hands down but nobody else has been as good as marquette is in the big race right.
1: and i think we're kind of scared right yeah like we don't we've seen how this team has been the last two years and we don't want to yeah. keep a lot of expectations on them but also those teams have been terrible at defense and it's amazing how much more confident you can be in a team when they're competent on defense you know
0: yeah so i guess without running around that point anymore um conference season starts on New Year's Day I know I'm gonna be watching that um, instead of any college football because I don't like football here right. we are
1: well I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna watch the Huskies play Ohio State in the Rose Bowl because I'm a unabashed Seattle homer but <laughs> uh, I I don't know if the, that's like very similar time to when the game is going on so you'll so. have to have two screens going yeah I'll, I'll figure it out I'll obviously play pay more attention to Marquette because that's a huge game, um, but again, like if Marquette doesn't have problems with St. John's on the road to start the Big East, like that's a tough game. That's about as tough as they come. I know St. John's isn't very good at defense, but like if Marquette doesn't have issues with that game, like
0: yeah, what's well, gonna give them trouble? Yeah, like, and at Villanova's tough. At Providence is always tough. Like, but yeah. So you, you think about that. If they don't have problems with that, they have Xavier. At Butler, they have Xavier at home next. That game shouldn't be hard, but I'm sorry. Well, no, you, you, but no, but like, and we'll be talking about Marquette after that game. We right. don't know when it'll be yet because Fox is still not scheduled. Yeah, uh, frickin'. Also, yeah.
1: F- for for folks uh, that are on the fence about whether they were going to that game, uh, Sam made this point uh, a little earlier when we were having this discussion. Um, potentially, Fox won't be available in the Milwaukee area. Um, because of uh, rights disputes right now. Um, Between Spectrum, spectrum and, yeah. and Tribune. Um, and so if you're on the fence about going to that game, uh, you might not be able to watch it if you live in Milwaukee. Or so in the general area. Yeah, so, so go to that game uh, and pack the arena because that's their first home game in conference. And if they struggle with St. John's, they're going to need a big crowd to buoy them against a team that's given them trouble in the past, even mm-hmm. though they're nowhere near and yeah, the same team. Z-
0: Xavier isn't... Good this year, but they still have a lot of athletic yeah. freaks, and they have guys that can make plays. They yeah. haven't put anything together yet, but I, I always say don't count out anybody in the Big East. But this is really a game where, like, it could be a surprise to them. They're very athletic. Yeah, um, they have. A good Quentin guy. Gooden has been mysteriously miserable this year. I don't know why he started in the Big East for two straight years as a point guard, but well, um, I mean, like
1: hush. Did we think? Hush. I know. But no, with Quentin Gooden, like... He was good. It's like, okay, it's like... He was like, good in, in fact. Wow, all right. <laughs> that's that's we, where we end the We podcast. have to wrap yeah. this up soon based on just that pun alone. But my point about Quentin Gooden, it was like... It's like, dude, is Quentin Gooden just being assumed to be Miles Powell? Is what I'm saying. Like, is that, no, is that the just... calculus of Quentin Gooden because he's been behind these really talented guys for a while and been on really good teams well, he's been the starter for
0: two years which is the big because he was the starter yeah. um one well a year and a half because he started after Edmund Sumner went down right and then last year he was the full-time starter for that team and yeah. you just and yeah maybe he was playing on the same team that Makura and Trayvon Blewett were on um and Kaiser Gates who mysteriously left um oh yeah for the nba and didn't make any sort wait, of wait he
1: went pro yeah uh, well okay i don't want to dunk on anyone going to get the money so that that, that should man. that should have been a,
0: a, a quantity they had on this team that they don't yeah. um naji marshall has done well a step into that role but um right now xavier just hasn't put it together and uh yeah
1: let's pack that arena and beat them down yeah uh tyreek jones is leading the nation in offensive rebounding percentage so that'll be interesting because tyreek jones uh uh, that is a st- area of strength for Marquette as a team. He's it's is not, allow- not allowing not Preventing all- offensive things. rebounds, but Tyreek Jones appears to be one of the best in the country about it, at it. Um, and as far as Xavier's first game in the Big East, uh, DePaul blew it, yep. which is not surprising. No um, one could have seen this coming. No, right, really. It's it's simply shocking. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I think uh, we'll have a much better sense um, of where to Sort of uh, put Marquette uh, among the Big East uh, after they play um, St. John's after Xavier. they play St. John's on the road and and play a, a mid tier to heading Low. towards lower tier uh, team in the conference at home um, and we uh, will be back with you uh, post Xavier game yeah post Xavier uh, probably Monday morning um, as normal uh, but yeah uh, hopefully uh, we'll have much more to. Uh, Breakdown at that point. But hopefully, our opinions of Marquette as the favorite in the Big East won't have changed. Right? Yeah, and hopefully,
0: the only positives, the only things we have are positives. Hopefully.
1: Yeah. Well, we know that that's not going to be the case given our dispositions. But yeah. <laughs> we'll try our best. Thanks as always for listening. Check out anonymouseagle.com uh, with all the great content that the guys put on the site. Um, and until next time, uh, hopefully, uh, we're talking to you uh, about a 2 and 0 team in the conference.